it's Friday and we made it. So happy to be here. So we're doing another episode of what should white people do? Because we have some questions, man. You know, we have some concerns and some questions here. You know, CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. If you missed it last night, we asked a burning question, like, why should we care about Ukraine? You know, I mean, we're seeing more empathy, more understanding, more everything um, for, you know, these countries than we see for our own people right here, right? And so the real question is, why should we care? So we spoke about that. Tonight, we're going to continue the conversations about things we should not care about um, anymore. But is this something that we should care about? So there's a lot happening in Florida. Um, aside from the fact it's a melting pot for some real political question marks, you know, there's some other things that are of note that's happening out there. And we should be paying attention to that. And guess what? It does affect black and brown people, whether you want to say it so or not. We have a lot of people who are moving away from that area, trying to figure out their lives. I mean, just like other states across the United States, Florida has seen its share of the cost of living increases, but that's not the only thing that's happening over there. So tonight, you know, we're going to have this conversation and hopefully, you know, folks are still signing in, but it's just Amy and myself here at the moment, and we're going to kick it off. CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. So tonight we're talking about Florida, Amy. Before we go on, <laughs> what you want to lead with with Florida? Oh, Florida. Oh, Florida. Um, Your friend Ron was... DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> he was just here. He was just here as a guest. Didn't of, I just say um, your friend Ron DeSantis? Yeah. <laughs> we're joking, y'all. They're not really friends. They're not really friends. No. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, tell us about that. When was that and what happened? I think it was last weekend and Scott France and his wife, Icy, um, hosted Ron DeSantis for a uh, Republican fundraiser in Greenwich. Oh, wow. So, and how did that yeah. go? Do you have any insight on how that went? Like, was he welcomed? Was it? What was it like? Yeah, they loved him. Um, but there but there was a protest. Um, and I did read about that in the paper, um, on Scott Francis Road. So yeah, I guess Oh really? You know, so tell us more. Back. Like so some people were they counter protesting him and gee, Amy, why would yeah. anybody want to protest against <laughs> Ron DeSantis? I mean, help me help me help the people. Talk to us here, Amy. What happened? Yeah, well, uh, looking at the laws that have been passed in the last year, um, all the restrictions that have been placed on um, what he calls CRT, but which is actually Amer uh, American history, um, Black Studies, I guess was the uh, title, um, cutting that, uh, the arrest of parents, of transgender children, um, transgender children being removed from their homes, um, uh, open carry. I mean, how many stories have we read now about people just shooting each other in parking lots or shooting neighbors in Florida? No, well, uh, remember, hold on, pause right there. Wait, 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 wait. 
can't just run past that one. Not that you tried to, but let's pause for a cause, right? That's huge. Because remember, when people started coming out in protest, Amy, yourself being one of them, myself being one of them, people were thinking we're crazy, right? Right? Like, why would we find something wrong? Some people actually think so. Like, they're not understanding what this man really did here. You want to give folks an idea of what he did and what you mean by the gun laws a little bit? Yeah, so he he loosened um, all the gun laws, um, and now it's open carry. Um, but what is um, drunk? Um, and the stories that I've seen have been primarily white people in white neighborhoods who are getting into arguments with neighbors or whatever, and then shooting them. Um, yeah, and so, uh, I mean, in addition, I mentioned, like, the stuff that he did, the laws with the school, there's the laws with the guns, but then there's also the laws that he's passed with immigration, um, with people who are either documented or undocumented, um, and just the fear of being hauled in. I mean, they're literally checking papers like Nazis. Yeah, so, it's like some real militia behavior over there, right? And for the people who don't yeah. know, Florida is over 75% white, about, say, roughly 17% black, and probably close to 30%, um, you know, Latinx, right? So you see where this demographic breakdown gets interesting. Now, something to note about... Um, data like this, because I'm pulling this data from the U.S. Census Bureau. And let's bear in mind that this data is only collected for those who report it. So if you are undocumented or someone who is not registered or documented or known, your data wouldn't be there, would it? Amy, you still there? No, I remember studying that, too. Um, how yes. many people? Yes. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, I can. Um, I'm so old, I forgot the question. <laughs> no, I was just talking about, I was referencing some U.S. Census Bureau data, and I was saying that oh. the thing is with that, that you got to be careful because if someone is not documented or registered, you are not counted, right? People don't realize yeah. with this data demographic, this, this, this data for demographic information, just because it says that doesn't mean it is that. And what about the people living in tents? Do you really think the U.S. Census Bureau is going to go over to a tent city and take demographic data, Amy? Right. I know that um, in Connecticut that we very literally did that, but we did it on one night. Um, and so when you do your homeless count, if you don't count someone, they're not counted. Um, I would be shocked if Florida had some similar um, program to make count. But, um, so you're saying so that yeah. in Connecticut they count demographic data, the U.S. Census. I'm referring only, just so you know, I'm only referring to the U.S. Census Bureau. So you're saying in Connecticut the U.S. Census Bureau went out and counted the homeless people? No, they used our data. From, okay. They used Connecticut count data. Um, for homeless. Um, so whoever, so should basically say. those numbers for those, and so the homeless number basically came from whoever 
has contact with them. Is that a safe thing to say? Mm, I wouldn't even say has contact with okay. them because the people that organize the count, I would say that that was a very white run method. Okay. And that it did the, the and I'm talking about the one that I was involved in in Bridgeport. I didn't feel. It yeah, was, I was just about to ask, um, like, where did this happen and why? Yeah, I didn't feel it was. But why were you all? Um, let me ask you a question now that you you're talking about it. Why were you all counting? Why were you all counting that type of data? Where what what was it from? Where was it going? To the state for uh, to know what the the homeless count was or what okay. the homeless count is. But I, okay. I if I I want to say that it was either the YMCA or um. Uh, that that's who we were doing it under. But did they send, because I'm referencing, so you, I don't know if we had a little disconnect there. I just want to be really, really clear, because I'm referencing data from the U.S. Census Bureau. So you're saying the U.S. Census Bureau used the YMCA data, or? Yeah, so the, okay. for the homeless count, so what, so they send people out and they, they use some of our base data, some of their own base data. Mm, um, that's and interesting. Do, do door to door. So they actually use like those questionnaires and then they chase people down to make sure that those questionnaires are filled out and then they'll do a secondary round of questionnaires. And this is being done are, by the U.S. Census Bureau. That's crazy. That's correct. That's, That's interesting um, because I don't think people know this, right? Because check this out. They didn't even, so they're counting on someone else's database, right, to create their own is what you're basically saying. Well, not really saying, but what it sounds like to me. Let me say it like that. Because it sounds like they yeah. came to the YMCA and they said, hey, what do you have for data? Let's borrow that. But you're the U.S. Census Bureau. That's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So I think that, that my understanding is that they use several sources. So okay. it comes from the state. So the state will use, like YMCA, the state will use um, the count that comes from a shelter. But okay. we both know that not everybody goes to shelters. Right. Shelters fill up. Right. Um, and they may not even report themselves correctly because one thing folks need to keep in mind as we're talking about the houseless, right, you're talking about people who may have lost their personal belongings, like what happened to those folks right. when the tent city was raided out here in New Haven. You know what I'm saying? I remember once talking with a man, and I just watched something recently about the um, tunnel people in Nevada. Oh, and wow. The number one, yeah, the number one issue is yep. identification. Of course. And that's I why. Remember, yeah, yes. I, I remember working with a man who had been adopted and mm. then abandoned. He was a mm -hmm. black man. He had been mm -hmm. adopted by white people, abandoned by white people, mm -hmm. and his birth certificate was in his birth country. Um, And he... I don't remember the exact details of, of his situation, but for some reason, we could not get our hands on a birth certificate. Wow. And I know also in reading that that was a big problem in the South. A lot of people didn't use the hospital. A lot of black people 
excuse me, a lot of black people didn't have access to hospitals and people were born at home. So right. there aren't always birth records. Um, I know I'm kind of like going all over the place. No, no, no. I asked the question because here's the thing. Here's what I'm going at, right? So we're talking about the U.S. Census Bureau and we're talking about the houseless population. And people need to bear in mind, you just, you said it. One of the number one things people lack in that situation is their identity. So the U.S. Census Bureau, in an effort to capture that information, they go to these other agencies to see how best they could capture it. But the bottom, bottom line is you could never guarantee that number is 110% correct because you have to bear in mind that if I did this count on Monday, but somebody unfortunately had an accident or some something happened to them, they moved out of state or something, that number now changed. Right? They also advertise that the count yes and if i if i were someone who didn't want to have to talk to someone or have to you know i might think that they might ask for my id or ask for my story or i just don't want to talk to someone i'm not going to come out no one's going to see me right <laughs> so so those those numbers are always always way questionable under. Um, yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure and when you and think then, about Florida, then, right, let's think about Florida for another second, not to cut you, but let's think about the fact that a lot of migration happens through Florida, right? So you right. have people who come at that that bay and they enter society. Is that number truly being captured? And if so, how is it? Because one of the things that we spoke about last night was the manner in which the immigration data is being channeled, right? Like you have all this focus on the border wall. But we're not saying, but wait a minute, how many white immigrants from Europe, you know, countries such as the Ukraine and other countries that we decided to work with, we're not counting those people, but we'll go at the people of color who are immigrants. It's not making sense, is it? Yeah, well, that's just been the history of the country, hasn't it? I mean, yes, we started, we realized and um we, you know, separated from England, we looked at our numbers and we were like, oh, my God, there are a lot of black people here. Right. Um, a lot of people, a lot of brown people are coming here. Right. Um, even, you know, because at that point, white was considered England. White right. was not considered Italy. So right. it was, you know, then um, we started making all kinds of immigration laws to keep people out. And the intent was to keep America white. And that's, I mean, we're still hearing it. Right. And so how do you away. feel, how do you feel like, you know, because I felt kind of bad there for our friend Mickey Mouse out there in Florida, because here you have this person, Ron DeSantis, and he is just pummeling through Florida, right? And you were also and have been a big part of the conversation about this rise in conservatism, both in the Republican and Democratic side of things. But not only that, this this powerhouse of the Republican Party that's silently growing. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, DeSantis, I think, in addition to these really dangerous and harmful and hurtful laws that have been passed in the last year, in addition, he has fucked their entire um, insurance industry. So. Florida was already shaky because Florida has to had to create its own home um, insurance coverage or home own home insurance policies 
because of the number of disasters. So Florida now just got hit by another hurricane and people are losing their home. You cannot have a mortgage unless you have insurance. So, and people don't own homes anymore without mortgages. So we're gonna start seeing white people be impacted um, by some of DeSantis's moves. Um, and I think that's when we're gonna start seeing uh, some more hate for DeSantis come out. Unfortunately, well, it won't be. While, while you're talking more hate for DeSantis, while <laughs> listen to this quote, and this is from ABC News. You ready? This is headline, sorry. DeSantis rules out energy policy, contends that climate change is invoked to create fear. I'm just going to hand you the mic now, and I'll sit down. Take it over there, Amy. The Republicans are such, like, that is their base, is fear-mongering. They're doing it in Connecticut right now. The Republican Party in Connecticut is trying to paint Connecticut as a dangerous place to live. They are the kings of fear-mongering, and he has... DeSantis has absolutely created the invisible enemy of the undocumented, right? Um, they're dangerous, and this comes from a shared thought with, with Trump. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, you have, let's just call them out loud, right? You have Tucker Carlson, that asshole. Then you have Donald Trump, and you have Ron DeSantis. And as ridiculous as they all sound, they're getting support, right? And the fact that you would sit there, I mean, I feel like we're in somebody's playground, because he sounds like, well, y'all are just using climate change to invoke fear. Like, really, dude? You, really, that's what we're yeah. doing? He really said that. Well, he said that out loud. Well, the biggest piece, I think, of that is, and this is something that I touched on last night, is that when it comes to capitalism, uh, like the whole MO of capitalism is making money for white men and just increasing that wealth and increasing that wealth on the back of the middle class and uh, minority. So the fact that uh, the fact that climate change would impede on capitalism means that climate change can't be acknowledged. Um, and climate change impacts the most uh, black and brown people. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if saying this is, it, it's almost like it's the canary, you know? We're seeing what is happening to uh, black and brown people with asthma, um, and with other things that are, are well let me help you out there because in case people didn't know Fidel Castro warned us Fidel Castro yeah. he said fight the ecological destruction he said that right and he was perceived as and, and you know spoken of as trying to invoke fear he wasn't all right he was trying to tell you all we need to do something before this becomes a bigger problem Right. We got to think about it. We're we're using up resources. At some point, we got to take stock and be held accountable. And here comes Ron DeSantis talking about, well, they're just saying that to get you all scared. Mind you, these billion these these people are billionaires. They're living very comfortably, aren't they, Amy? Ron DeSantis wants yeah, for nothing. And, 
<laughs> and their money comes from not being regulated. <laughs> right. You Talk know, about um, it, Amy. Come so, on. Yeah. So, I mean, and Trump rolled all of those uh, uh, regulations back that were um, uh, to help protect. Uh, and, and But even like the stuff that we've done so far environmentally, it isn't even a slice. Like we're not even getting into, I don't know, I just I just don't see it turning out well because I feel like the time to do something has passed. And the fact that we're still not, we are so capitalism driven that we just don't care what the consequences are. And if you look at the entire history, not just of our country, but of white people, it has always been about capitalism, colonialism, and money and making white men wealthier and anything that gets in the way of that is destroyed or run over um and unfortunately the environment is part of that i mean look at the way we purge resources from countries that all you came to preach leaders. tonight didn't you 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 came yeah, to I, preach I totally did. come on girl go ahead those, talk that talk because you know those, what white people here, here, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but here's the thing what I appreciate no, 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 that you're ahead. doing, right? Because I, I I appreciate the white people who fight for the climate. Don't get me wrong. But we need more people who call the shit the fuck out. We need white people to call out the other white people like Ron DeSantis, who's acting as if this is not a problem and is trying to make a movement, you know, stigmatize a movement. Come on now. How low can you go to stigmatize the climate movement? Really? Really, but carry on. Keep preaching, girl. Keep preaching. I'm finding myself. Yeah. Well, what I was saying was that um, recently we've heard of several um, leaders of African countries speak out about the fact that they have natural resources that are being mined, um, and yet there's no factories. There's no production. Um, it's just literally the raw materials that are being stripped from their countries. Um, and cocoa, that's one of them, um, and no ch no chocolate factories. So they're saying, start building those factories here. You are not getting our resources anymore. You are not pillaging our resources anymore. Uh, England and, and Europe did that in India. So, I mean, that is has been the foundation of the money that holds this country up. So, I mean, we are not going to stop doing that anytime soon, unless right a huge. I mean, what it what is the laws of physics for? Right. Uh, what is it? Um, every or oh, the law of attraction remains in motion. <laughs> an object in motion remains in motion until acted upon by an outside force. We need right. to be that outside force. That's right. But what would it take for people to do that, though, is the is the bigger question. Because I feel like, okay, coming back to Connecticut, right? We have a climate movement right here in Connecticut, a climate action movement. But we do not see enough black and brown people active in it, right? They're no, not being represented. A white movement. It's a, yeah, because it's whitewashed. So it's not that we don't care 
But the white people whitewash it down. And where do we get to stand up and talk about the asthma and the pollution and the city, um, what you call it, public works, turn your trash can every fucking where. Or they know they have to sweep your street and they don't give a fuck. So they don't care how they leave it. They'll sweep whatever they can and then blame it on you. But they have no problem putting your vehicle in impound. That that they could do. That's easy. Yeah. Right. But to do these other things, like to attend to these slumlords and make them make sure that we're not living with mold and that, you know, they're taking care of their backyards and that they're picking up their own trash. That's a problem. Right. So from your perspective as a white ally, talk to us about Connecticut now. What do you see happening here and what do you what do you feel needs to change? What should white people do? Yeah, so here in Connecticut, the movement's definitely white. I mean, it is everywhere. Um, white people, this is an issue that they are concerned about, so they need to be the leaders, right? Um, so one of the issues that I think that Connecticut is running into is, A, it's not diverse at all, um, but B, in order to really tackle the issues of Connecticut, they have to look at zoning. And no one wants to touch zoning in Connecticut. Um, you cannot keep putting people next to coal plants, um, black people next to coal plants. You cannot have, you know, an industrial section of Bridgeport um, and all those brownfields uh, and then, you know, turn a brownfield into a playground. I'm not saying that happens, but, um, you know, there's all this dead land that can't be used because it's brownfield. Um, if that was a white neighborhood, it would be treated differently. Um, so in order to start making things more equal, in order to provide equity, and in order to start breaking down those barriers um, that are a part of um, environmental issues that are impacting us, we have to look at racism. And you have to look at environmental racism, and we don't do that. And therefore, we are not going to be able to move forward and make um, productive change. Well, here's what, like, I listen to what you're saying, but that sounds like the same thing that's happening in Florida, isn't it? Because yeah. what will what would it take for the climate movement in Florida to have traction? Remember, the black and brown people are already criminalized, whether they're immigrants or not, right? So according to the U.S. Census Bureau, they're also less than half, not even half the population, right? So do you feel like there's any way that we could get white people to kind of like take some accountability here and hold each other accountable? And if so, how yeah. how can that happen? Yeah, and I mean, that's – so. I think the biggest thing is that, um, the, so there's the white silence, right? But there's also an issue of white people speaking white spaces. <clears throat> if you're in a meeting and you're talking about environmental issues and you look around and it's all white people, um, or there's, sorry, one or two black people, token black people, um, then then you need to speak up. Like, if you're sitting on a board, look at the people around you. Is it a diverse board? 
speak up. Um, people are just silent. And there's also, you know, like this underlying thing of thinking like, well, we can handle it. Like I'm looking at the people on this board and each individual person brings something very special to the table. But the, the actual point is that what they're, it's what they're not bringing to the table. What they're not bringing is the experience and the background and the knowledge of communities that are directly impacted by environmental issues. So um, I also think there's a really big problem of white people like going into a space and saying, um, I'll give an example, like a nonprofit from say Madison going into Bridgeport and saying, oh my God, we totally want to help with your environmental issues. Um, instead of starting on the ground, and talking to the people in the neighborhood and talking to the community leaders, like the city council, you know, like I'm talking small level government um, and, and church leaders and community leaders, not just elected. If you're not starting there, and if that is not your base, if that is not your foundation, then you are not going to make change. And I don't think that white organizations do that. It needs to be led by the people well, that are in the community. You know what I'm going to ask you now, right? Because with all that happened with Ron DeSantis and the trail of terror he's leaving and creating in Florida, right? What do you think Disney should do differently? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Disney as it is. Um, and the fact that I'm siding with Disney over DeSantis. Disney's like the king of of um, of uh, God, the the misogyny, the racism that runs through their storylines and uh, the basis of their stories killed has always killed me. But as a giant corporation, a giant corporation of capitalism, um, you know they're depending on that. I think that they have a lot of power, um, and I, I know that they spoke up when it came to LGBTQ issues, um, but what about black people? What about undocumented people? Like, I'm not hearing them use that giant fucking megaphone that they have to scream those things into Santa's face. Um, like, I'd like and to I'm glad you pointed that out, because here's the thing. A lot of young black and brown kids and families, they aspire to go to Disneyland. Like, you know, oh, other yeah. families, right? And they aspire to that. Like, they want to go to Disneyland because they think it's so beautiful and great, which is fine. But you would think with the same level of vigor that they came out for all, you know, that those other groups, why haven't you done so for the black and brown communities? And, right. uh, you know, well, when you it, look at who works there, either. right? Look who exactly, works there. Yes. But it's not, it, and it wasn't even like they spoke out in in favor or on behalf of a bunch of groups. It was literally the LGBTQ community, which we know is predominantly a white-led movement, right? So and I'm not saying that all LGBTQ people are white. I'm saying that the, the uh, activism movements that are 
the loudest. And I'm going to jump in here, and I'm going to thank you for pointing that out, because that is very true. That is very, very true. Last night, Jamar spoke about that. But remember last night in our conversation about Ukraine, you know, um, Jamar name-dropped, right, the Pride Center. And he spoke about it becoming whitewashed, right? We can't make this up. Y'all could go back and listen to it. That was the episode from last night. But was is he wrong? The answer is no, right? Because, no. you know, I've heard people tell me that now not just that location, but locations in various places has become whitewashed. I mean, you have, yeah. you know, people from the LGBTQ plus community who are devout Republicans. Let's not get confused here, right? Yeah. So don't think that we don't have you know, these people in different spaces. So I'm glad that you pointed it out. It's not that it's not that she's saying that only white people could identify as the problem is we, the black and brown communities, the people of color, we're not being represented. We're not. Yeah. No, that's correct. And so, you know, I think that Disney has a lot of power and um, Disney has responded to DeSantis. Um, I think it's been more of like a personal thing. Like we're going to step on your toes. We're going to do things because you annoyed us, not because we give a shit about the people who live in Florida and work for us. And that's the thing, right? Because in speaking about conservatism. Or would have come out with a, a black mermaid. Right. If it wasn't for for um, the popularity of BLM and, you know, having, it's almost like um, black is the new black. <laughs> right. So, uh, so I feel like, you know, that's, I feel like that's why they do the things they do. But I also remember that every story I watched as a child was about how I was supposed to be saved by a man and how right. I was helpless. Right. And I had to be. And you get a crown and you're beautiful. Right. Yes. I had to be. Yes. And your hair was glowing. And I was quiet. And you had to be rescued. And I talked. And I talked to animals. Yes. And animals love me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And you had to be rescued. That's a very important part. Don't forget that. You're always in distress. But I. As a kid, I really did believe that I was never, that I would be rescued. I could not rescue myself. I needed to take care of my man. That was really a belief I had. Um, That's so interesting. And look at where it all spawned. No, because here's the thing. Look at where it's coming from, right? Like, look who's who's the source. And that's why I love what you just said. Disney could be doing way, way, way more. This man is not done yet, right? Like, Disney, while we appreciate what you have done, you have the power, place, and privilege to do way, way, way more. Because now we have people in Florida, black and brown people in Florida, who are afraid for their lives. I mean, people are getting jumped. 
right? Yep. You still have people who are coming across, migrating. They're fearful. These people have the right to shoot, and they're making excuses to do it, right? The media keeps focusing on the crimes in certain areas strategically to deflect from all the other shit that is going on that end up showing up on, like, some type yep. of show like the next 48 hours or some fuckery like that. But it's happening right now. Amy, you still with us? Because I can't hear you because you're, you're glowing, but I don't see anything coming out. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. I okay. lost you for a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just... my headphones are being moody. <laughs> <laughs> well, your headphones are getting upset too, right? Like, because this is bullshit. <laughs> like, your headphones has... I appreciate your headphones. Your headphones like, look, this is fuckery. Because it's true. <laughs> Listen, some people have said that Disney only did what they did so they could save themselves. Not so much that they give a fuck, but they want people to continue investing, right? And, you know, I could see where that's coming from because this Ron DeSantis guy, I mean, even up here in Connecticut, we need to be concerned. I contend, in my opinion, we need to pay attention to what is happening in Florida because it could very well affect us and other states. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at the way that the Connecticut GOP, like, I almost said something horrible, um, gets so excited um, when about DeSantis. Like, we crave, our, our GOP craves Florida, Florida politics. They would turn Connecticut into a Florida in a second. Um, so, yeah, it's really important for us to keep an eye on red states and how red states are run and uh, what – because, come on, like the Connecticut is going to come up with new policy. They're going to borrow policy from other yes. red states. Mm-hmm. And they're going to – And Connecticut was a red state so, yeah. for a long time. Let's not forget that. And they're trying so hard. And now that Ganem went and fucked shit up for us in Bridgeport with the right. um, both the drop boxes, um, you know, they're going to fight that tooth and nail. They they have been fighting. Oh, they're coming out in force. That, that, they're coming out in force. Like if yeah. you go on the New Haven Independent, right? You go on the New Haven Independent, you could find it on newhavenindependent.org. You could read those comments, and it's very clear to you who is a Republican, who is a conservative. It's right there. Who's a hardcore Dem? It's right there. But what you'll notice is the Republicans are starting to come out now. They're coming out. They're pissed off. They're pissed off, and they're defending their turf, right, because they see the entire United States as their turf, and they want to stay in power. They cannot handle not having access to making decisions, right, and having a seat at the table. They want it all, and this is why I feel – it is even more important for us to amplify the black and brown voices. That representation has to mean something. It has to mean something not for these white rich politicians, but for our communities, right? We right. have more and more black and brown people who are houseless, jobless. You know, they, they can't see their way because there's no way for them to see, right? And something has to give. 
It has to give, you know, and all this fight for white power just needs to fucking stop because to me, that's what it really is. The fact that Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump even have time and capacity to be out there having press conferences, taking pictures and shit, and look how quick they are to rush to put Joe Biden in jail. Now, mind you, I'm not Joe Biden's BFF or nothing. We don't text each other and stuff or not anymore. But the point is, is that (laughs) the point is, you know, you see how the strategy is going. And to me, the media, particularly the white media, has a big, big, big role to play in that. How do you find the white media? And if you want, you could identify what you see if you find it, if you agree with that class, classification, white media. Which particular media platforms would you identify as that? Or you could just say, which ones do you feel kind of like they're just the right-hand guide for Ron DeSantis, the players that support Ron and Donald Trump? Which ones would you say do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, locally, I can tell you here in Connecticut, Channel 8 decided to make Jody Latina um, their uh, political person who was reporting on stuff around uh, the last election. And her previous position was for the uh, Republican, for the GOP. Um, I'm not sure if she worked in the House or the Senate for the state, but um, she worked in their, in their communication, communication director or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you could see and she was the lead, and that was who the information back to the station, and everything that came out of the station was without Republican lens. Um, there's one reporter um, whose name is um, but he's got like a title that's like Black Issues, um, and he works for a paper in Harvard. Um, and he writes incredible stuff. Um, and I wish that they would, that he had a more central role and it wasn't looked at as being like a niche kind of, you know, black people aren't a niche. That's what's happening in, in the community, it's happening in our community and should be central. Um, but yeah, there there is a very white focus on news and media. Um, they really enjoy a good crime story and love um, so, right again, capitalism. Hold on, Amy. Run that last sentence um, again, because so, you cut out. So they go to do the news. That Amy, and I have. Amy, just run that last oh, piece sorry, again. I, 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 can you you hear cut out. Yeah, you cut out for a little bit. Just run that last piece yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that the um, the media. Uh, is based on capitalism, right? It's about selling ads. It's about what, who watches. It's about ratings. It's not about the people. It's not about the stories. So whatever gets the most views. And so they definitely feed into this fear-mongering of the right with crime. Because what, what do people tune into? Crime. They want to know, is my neighborhood unsafe? Um, so the whole fear-mongering and if you read about um, lynching and 
the situations that happened around uh, of what led up to lynching, the press was always involved. The press was always involved in in fanning the flame and always involved in identifying targets. So, yeah, the press, I don't think um, it's, the press really does help uphold white supremacy um, by white centering and um, dehumanizing and even the, the language, the imagery. Yes, um, of course. And in my opinion, black I just want to be clear because a little bit, only because there are black and brown media platforms, the ones that come to my mind that off the cuff tend to support the bullshit would be like Fox News. They're terrible. Like, I don't see how you yeah. can watch Fox News and not throw up. Um, WTNH. Right. Yeah. Right. And people need to be, you know, be insightful. Like, even CNN. Like, sometimes I'm like, CNN, really? Seriously? We could have done better than that. You know, because they, yeah, they no, pushed totally the narrative. Agree. Yes. I, I listen to, and I read Al Jazeera, because I have trouble with um, our media and the way that we cover stuff. Like even CBS, the way that CBS covers stories. I used to love CBS. Um, and then I, it's just, I don't know, it's almost like the, the politeness of whiteness um, that is used to make um, white supremacy okay and encourages silence when it comes to talking about issues. Um, I feel like that allows the media do like have Donald Trump on for a 90 minute interview and let him lie the whole fucking time to the whole fucking country without texture. Um, and then report on pieces of it where, you know, the reporter said one sentence that was pushed back a little bit. Well, what they like, I, they're looking for ratings. It's not about getting the truth out, it's not about the news. Well, it's looking for ratings, and it's also instilling fear, right? Because it's this fear-mongering that gets them them the ratings, right? Like, to just have people living in fear. And what's dangerous is that there's these other smaller white-led platforms that, like, look at Tucker Carlson. The fact this man still gets screen time is, is ridiculous. You see what I mean? I've seen people get run off the air for less. Look at Joel Osteen. How is that man still getting screen time? How is that yeah. humanly possible? Right? And I know we're talking about a whole different state, but the, the principle still remains the same. Well, we, right? have, we have Kyle Reyes in our right? state, who's a complete right-wing, who writes, he's the owner and writer for law enforcement today, has never been an officer. Um, I heard through the grapevine. This is probably a rumor. I don't know how much truth there is to it that he tried to be a cop and could not pass the psych eval. Um, he's never served in the military, but here he is, you know, writing for Connecticut and has all this popularity um, among the right wing and was friends with that really creepy pillow guy. Um, and, uh, you know, was Trump's, Trump's spokesperson here in Connecticut. And uh, it's just a, giant piece of shit and well that's important that you bring that up because you know Ron DeSantis didn't snap his fingers and get all this power you know he has people who support him 
And these people pop up in some interesting spaces, right? Because we're seeing this and we more have and more. like that here. Yeah. Right. I mean, right here in Connecticut. Like Rob, Rob Sampson. Right. Oh, like we God. Have people that are, that are yes. in our legislature. And there's one guy. <clears throat> listen to my voice. There's one guy. I, his, his name escapes me right now. Um, he has glasses. He's a lawyer, dude. Um, I'm not going to remember his name. But he was arguing about how the 2% black population in his town is a very high number. And these people are just disgusting. And I, I, they have followers. And we subscribe to the same mentality, the same book that DeSantis does. So, um, you know, the way that DeSantis acts in public, what he says out loud are what these people are saying behind closed doors. So I, I don't even think that, um, that DeSantis is just Florida problem. I think DeSantis' thinking is alive and well here in Connecticut. Of course. Absolutely. And, you know, knowing that, what should white people do, Amy? What could they do in, you know, in this state and even outside of this state? What can they do? Let us know. Yeah, well, I think one thing for sure is, like, stop white silence. Like, what, like there was that group that um, NC131 or whatever, the Nazi group from Massachusetts that was here in Bristol waving the Keep America white flag. Um, and people didn't want to talk about it because don't give them attention. Oh, give, give them attention. Give them lots of attention. Give them lots of attention. Give their employer attention. Give their family attention. Give them the attention that they deserve. Do not white silence this stuff. Do not look away because it's not going anywhere. And the more you look away, when you look away, what you're telling them is what you're, what you're doing is okay with you. I'm not going to stop you. So go ahead and be bolder in your next. Um, yeah, I think I think that white people need to put through this white silence. We need to really centralize these issues and start talking about that white supremacy is playing in destroying America. It is. I mean, we can't move forward if we keep this on our backs, right? And you right. know, let's be real here. COVID just happened, you know, the cost of living is going up. People are trying to protect their wealth and gather more, right? Meanwhile, there are people who are suffering, you know, people who are losing their housing, jobs, you know, they can't even afford food. They can't even afford to go outside, really, right? I mean, you could look at how people are driving. You could feel the tension in the air. It's that time. So we really need white people to step up to the plate and do your part because, you know, in my skin, I cannot tell you what to do. I, I mean, I'm living the experience. I need you to figure out how to talk to each other and how to address these different, you know, scenarios. Because if, if something's yeah. not done and it's not done soon, while it may seem like it will only affect us now, it will, of course, eventually affect you all, right, and thereby right. affect everybody. And COVID taught, that, taught us that. Right. Something which was at first deemed to only affect one little corner of the earth. Look at the devastation it did because what? Because some people decided to ignore it because they're too busy guarding their power, place and privilege. And that shit just cannot keep on going. 
right? And this is why I appreciate you coming on this series, you know, which is very intentional, right? Um, By name and by purpose, what should white people do? Because we're talking about these things so people understand. You know, there are white people out here who not only may not have all the answers, but are willing to try to hear what's going on from us and in a safe space so they could address it properly, right? We're not being properly represented, you know, from the ballot box to all these different climate actions. We're not. We are not. Right. Instead, what you see is a bunch of white ran organizations. And then when we get tokenized and that shit needs to stop. So, you know, is there anything that you'd want to add to that to say to folks like to the white people tuning in? What could they do? Yeah. So in addition to um, getting over the white silence and discussing this stuff, like I said before, if you're on a board, look at the board. And who is on that board? And are they tokens? Do they actually have power? Um, there's also a book. I'm trying to find the book because I meant to mention this last time that I really want um, white women to be. Um, I'll have to find that in the back. Um, but I think also getting involved in, in uh, black-led projects like the Karen Prescott bill, that's about to be a project. Get involved in projects that are not white run. And that's really like. Let me add a comma there to that sentence. Get involved in the projects that are not white ran, but don't try to white run it. Learn to take direction and let us follow the lead. Because the bottom line is, You'll come in and then you want to run everything yourself. And that's not what we're talking about here. What we're saying is show Corinne some support. Show her that support and don't make her feel like she owes you something. Cut that shit the fuck out. Right? Amy, before we tune out, you want to share some final thoughts and also how folks could stay in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. I found the book. Okay. So every white woman, every white woman who does not want to be racist, needs to read everything you already know about your own racism and how to do better. White Women with a Guide to Start the Unlearning by Regina Jackson. It is one of the best books ever, um, and I highly recommend it to start unpacking and listening um, to black women who are giving us their labor um, to teach us. Uh, I run... Middletown Anti-Racism, a Facebook group where we post information, um, learning sources, but we also discuss things that are happening in the community. Um, How many kids are being expelled from school? Um, What's happening with our police station? Um, Are black people being hired in in our our, uh, government, um, local government? So, yeah, that's what I do. That's um, amazing thank you work, so much though. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, you hard. do some really great work, and you know, um, not for nothing. You know, it's it's good that you you're being fearless. I know it's not easy because there's a cost to this work, you know, and that's that's a whole other conversation. But the fact that you're willing to step forward and address your white peers and help also guide them through the process, because I do think there are people who want to do differently, just just don't know how. 
They legit right. just don't know how. So I right. feel like, you know, you offering these different, um, you know, ideas and suggestions is critical. And also you're having that Facebook platform, the social media piece where people could stay in touch and they could, you know, come out of their shell and challenge yourself because a big part of this yeah. is challenging your, your beliefs as well, right? What I'm trying to do is have a space where there is not white silence, where we are not behind closed doors, and where we have those difficult discussions in public um, and learn. So, yeah, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you have to start somewhere. The fact is that you started. So don't knock it down because, you know, it's it's in process, you know, and your being here helps that effort, right? Because this needs to be said out loud. You know, I, I do believe, myself included, you won't change your opinion on certain things unless you hear the opposing side sometimes. You know, and sometimes yeah. it takes, like, you know, doing that self-reflection um, to kind of say, damn, I really have to look back at how I just handled that and figure out how to do it better tomorrow. Right? Think about when you're driving down the street. and I know this happens to me. And say I do a bad drive move, I, I really do try, you know, to kind of remember it because I'm like, oh, shit, I really shouldn't have done that. That could have led to this. So let me let me tell myself that so I know that tomorrow when I head out, I'm I'm more cautious, right? Is the same as when you buy Ooh, certain seasons. Yes, it's, it's the same as anything else. You know, you buy a season, you don't like it, you remember you don't like it, you use something else. It's the same thing that you're doing by providing white people a space where they could bring that shit there. Because what I've experienced is white people come into black and brown-led orgs and then they try to whitewash it. So instead yeah. of coming in and whitewashing it, how about you come and be a real ally and support and empower us? Well, Amy, I can't thank you enough for being here. Um, thank you so much for coming back on to share your thoughts. And, you know, we're going to do this again, right? Um, okay. And for all those who, you know, tuned in, we appreciate you so very much. We cannot do this without your continued support, encouragement, and empowerment. Please continue to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to having more discussions that make you think, right, Amy?